Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks, share a review afterward, and always keep it real. Hey everybody, Brad Stevens here, founder and CEO of Outsource Access. We help companies redefine how they scale with offshore affordable staff from the Philippines. Congrats to all fellow winners of the 2023 Real Leaders Impact Awards. We are proud to be among you. About 10 years ago, I woke up to a major growth problem in my last business. Cash was tight, staff was overwhelmed, and tasks were not getting done. Then I discovered the world of offshore virtual staff in the Philippines where English is their second language, so there is no communication or culture gap. I realized outsourcing wasn't just call centers, it was access to college-educated Filipinos to support sales, marketing, operations, customer service, bookkeeping, personal tasks, and more. And in fact, the first woman I hired in the Philippines at 23 is now an award-winning COO of our entire company. It inspired me to launch Outsource Access. One client and YPO member, Ali Jamal, shared their offshore virtual staff Edison automated processes and saved them over 50000 per year in the first few weeks. It's about finally getting things done and staff focusing on higher value activities. We've grown by over 2,000% in just three and a half years and will double next year. To receive a complimentary outsourcing playbook customized for your industry and to connect with one of our team here at Outsource Access, just visit RedefineScale.com. That's RedefineScale.com or text the word SCALE to 770-954-8440. Two months after hiring my first staff, she sent me a picture of shoes she bought for low-income children because of the opportunity. And now we support thousands of families and the environment with United Nations SDG projects. I'm proud we've grown with impact. To learn more, visit RedefineScale.com. The powers of the World Wide Web in five, four, three, two, and one. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Real Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and joining me today, folks, get the co-founder and CEO of Intrigue Media. Please give a warm welcome to Mr. Rob Murray. Rob, my friend, how are you doing today? Wonderful, Kevin. Thanks for having me on this amazing show. I'm stoked to do it. Of course. Well, I'm really glad we had a pre-interview call just to chat a little bit about the journey of intrigue, your background, selling TVs to people with ads. I mean, crazy story. And that's really where I'd like to start to really draw this one out, Rob. Thinking back to those early days of entrepreneurship, how'd you fall into it? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll try to keep this one short and to the point. So um, long story short, uh, co-founder Paul DeMarco had an idea to put um, – kind of TVs on mirrors in between uh, chairs at a hair salon as an effective advertising medium in front of a captive audience in Oshawa during the summer in between year one and year two of university. Uh, Didn't really go anywhere. And then in the second year university, he found somebody who could sell him a TV that could be wirelessly broadcasted to, you know, back in the day, that was something that meant something. So anyway, we ended up buying, he comes in, hey, you want to buy this TV? You can put up at the hair salon, see what we can do. I was like, yeah, let's do it. 
So we walk around downtown Guelph because we went to University of Guelph in between classes or during classes and ask people what they thought about, you know, advertising on this TV if we put up the University Center. Um, and the, you know, feedback was positive. So um, anyway, life went on. We got all this feedback. It was great. I moved to uh, Austria for exchange. And then on my birthday of that year, um, Paul came out to visit uh, with his girlfriend touring Europe. He said he installed the TV and that we were in business, we could go back in, in September and start selling advertising to these, you know, businesses, entrepreneurs downtown. So we did that and we used an HP point and shoot camera and, uh, you know, a rocky, rickety laptop. And we go in and tell people, hey, you know, we'll make a video for you if you like it. You can decide at that point to spend $50 a month to put us a, put a video up on the this TV we put up at the university center. Everybody said fine, because whatever. We would literally take pictures and videos with this HP point and shoot camera, go back to our apartment, make a video, and come back to them within two hours, say, hey, we got this video. They were always stoked. And so we started building our client base from there. And then we realized very quickly that there was an underserved entrepreneurial, like small business market in a lot of towns in Ontario. And so we ended up getting to about 13, 15 TVs, all funded. Thank you to the thanks in large part to Future Shop at the time. Um, they had a 90 day, no interest, no payment credit card that you could apply for at a kiosk in their store. We applied, we got it, couldn't believe it. So we especially, we had essentially had 90 days to uh, buy equipment for a advertising TV and then sell enough ad space to pay it off. So anyway, we did that 13, 14 times over and then expanded to Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge. We got an investment from an outside company, brought it and franchised it out to Markham and then uh, Milton, Hamilton, Brantford. Southwest Ontario. And then as our client base grew and we kept following through on our promises, which was one of the big things that we we found out early on was that uh, when people asked, well, you know, we went, we enrolled in Sandler sales training, super impactful decision point in our career. And our trainer said, well, you know, why do your customers buy from you? We're like, well, because we, we have great results, great design, you know, we're just, you know, we're good people. He's like, well, is that what they told you? Is that what you think? That was an aha moment. Let's go ask our customers why they buy from us. So turns out the number one reason people bought from us and still true today, you know, 15 years later, um, we did what we said we would do when we said we would do it. We followed through. And then because of that, over time and reputation being built, they started asking us, well, how, what about these websites? Can you build a website? My my uh, nephew's gone to school. He's not around anymore. Uh, how do you get on the top of Google? What's this Facebook thing all about? And so then we kind of got pulled into online marketing and then fast forward, you know, we're 30 folks and one of Canada's fastest growing companies and rocking and rolling with digital marketing and lead generation for entrepreneurs, um, mostly in the home improvement construction industry. It, it's an amazing story and also a story of transformation, of course, we're starting with TVs and a rickety camera now onto digital marketing in this crazy world that we're in. And, and I really want to pick your brain here, Rob, because in, in an era of distraction, when everything is fighting for your attention, every day, all the time, 24 seven, in any digital landscape, any digital platform, in your experience, what are the good companies doing to buy some of that time? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's pretty universal. The ones that do it well, make it about the customer, not about them. So um, it's actually really difficult to get someone's attention if you're like, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, but the second you start to resonate with people, on their terms about what they're going through, um, it, attention is garnered. <clears throat> and it's just all about the idea of like, uh, people trust people that are like them. You're like me if you understand me. And if I can demonstrate that I understand you, you'll begin to trust me. 
and I mean, that's a conceptual idea, but it's, it's significant. If you look at 99.9% of websites, probably higher percentage of the internet, it's all about the business. It's very rarely about the customer and the issues and problems that they're having and the solutions that they want. The ones that do it right, make it about the customer. Um, they obsess about the customer, not only for themselves, but also for their customers, customers when it comes to marketing. But I'd say that is the, the, the biggest thing that people that are doing it right, they, they do it that way. And the thing is, a lot of people think that they're supposed to try to get this marketplace to buy from them <clears throat> instead of trying to find the people that want their stuff and focus all their attention on those people. Um, and so like, that's a, that's a big part of it. There are people out there that want what you have for the most part, you know, like if you're a closet organizing business, it'll be difficult to scale that. But, you know, if you're in a, a service business, like for us home improvement and construction, a lot of people are looking for it and they're trying to figure out who to pick and who to trust. Um, and if you can help them do that by showing them what to consider with the problems they have, you can garner a lot of trust and, and, and make it work. I like that. So I ask you, how do you break through the noise? You answer, understand, and really serve a customer. Let's go into that a little bit more. What are some techniques? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's on the enrollment process for you, where you're asking someone specific questions to really identify that customer. What are some things someone listening to this can take to understand how to serve a clear customer? Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's a fine line between being customer centric and authentic to yourself as an owner, entrepreneur, operator. Um, and so typically we find when we're working with people, they're off the ground floor. They're usually over a million dollars in revenue on the way to five, 10 plus, whatever. So they have a roster of clients. And we always talk about ABC clients. A clients are awesome. They love your stuff. They smile when they see you, they refer. B clients can become awesome clients and C clients complain and suck the life out of you and your business every single day and they need to go. So the the first thing to do on the authenticity component is say, okay, what do you do? No um, uh, wordsmithing allowed. How do you do it differently than your competitors? In that answer, what are the things a customer would experience. So prove it to me that you do it differently. You can't just say quality communication. If you say quality communication has a difference, fine, prove it to me. How does the customer experience that difference? Explain that to me. Why do you do it that way? And why is that important to you? That's a four question, four, it's a series of four questions. That's kind of a hack to Simon Sinek, start with why. And it gets people thinking from an emotional perspective. Then, the idea, so a great example, we have a landscape client out of uh, Tacoma, Washington. Um, they they engage the, uh, the five senses when it comes to landscape design and construction. They do that because they think that there's too many kids on screens and there's parents struggling with people that are like losing their minds, you know, being digitized at the age of 10. They want to get kids outside. So you start to understand that purpose of you know, they wanted to get kids off of screens, engage the five senses they build. And how do they do that? Well, you know, as an example, they'll build blueberry bushes close to a pool so that kids can get out and snack while they're swimming. When I start to then market and position that customer, I could say they're a full service design, build construction, landscape construction company, or I can say they're a company that believes in getting kids out of the inside, into the outdoors, engaging the five senses to get kids off of screens and, you know, build the family unit again. That's compelling. To some people that they care about that. So now my job as a marketer is to go find those people that care about that. And they don't need a lot because people that care about that, usually average job size is pretty big. <laughs> uh, 
So it's, you know, it, it, it doesn't take a lot to find, you know, 10, 15, 20 customers that want to spend two to $500,000 on a job like that. And now you've got a company running at six, 7 million a year. Yeah, that works. I love that. Yeah. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it, of course. And I'm curious to learn. And then too. what you do proves why you do it. You have to live that part out. Right. Sorry. Keep going. No, you're okay. Um, I'm curious to learn like the common mistakes your customers have by the time they run into you, right? I mean, there's, there's probably, I think I saw a stat the other day. It's like 60% of marketing dollars are wasted. Um, so these early stage, like businesses, small businesses, machines to be really a focus for you. Like what are some of those things that are challenging for the in-house folks uh, that maybe lead to your uh, acquisition? I mean, there's three big problems that we run into. So the first one is they don't pick up the phone when people call. Customer service has kind of gone to shit of late. So um, you're looking at like five-day response times on inquiries. Um, or people will pick up the phone and their customer service attitude is, I'm busy, what do you want? Like, <laughs> pardon me. <laughs> That's got to go, you know. Um, there, And so there's customer obsession that's got to come uh, full circle and people got to realize that they're there to exist. They exist to serve a customer and they would, it would be really well served for them to celebrate when their phone rings and when someone inquires and get back to people quickly. The other thing is they're priced too low. So a lot of times they're eroding their own margins with their own pricing because they've got some sort of baggage between their ears around talking about money with people. Far, far too often um, our clients are talking to their customers about money way too late in the process. They're not asking about budget up front. And it's usually because as kids, they were told, you know, it's impolite to talk about money, something like that. Anyway, we don't need to get into getting on the couch, but there is something to it. The money concept is really important. And the last thing, I think this is the most important. When you're actually engaging with a marketing company or doing it yourself, a clearly defined outcome-based goal. You know, like anybody can build your website and send emails, run an ad campaign. What's the outcome that's going to move the needle for the business? A lot of times we talk about it for ourselves. It's either the cost per lead generated or the number of leads that someone wants to get, which essentially then turns into cost per lead based on how much they pay us. But that creates a defined outcome upfront. So over a 12 month engagement, we'll say, okay, you know, our goal is to get you a cost per lead of let's say 250 bucks for a, you know, a qualified prospect that wants to talk about a landscape design build, you know, same, same example project. We, from our experience, they'll close at about 20% clip into the first stage anyway, which is usually a design. Um, but now I've got a very clearly outcome oriented goal that they can hold me accountable and I can hold myself accountable. There is far too many people on retainers that are trying to do deliverables. Um, and so you can spend all that money. It might not even be wasted. Maybe it, it went into good stuff, but it doesn't move the needle. Like you don't know how it's actually impacting the organization. That's, that's usually the big mistake. Yeah, it's really interesting. And certainly something we've struggled with over time, um, we tend to not try to spend a lot of money on our marketing, but of course, as one wants to grow and scale, certainly something that you need to get very, very educated on and very uh, good at. Um, in terms of like, just for people listening who are interested, like, oh, like, I'd love to have a conversation with Rob. Like, how, how does your service work? What's like the, the model? Well, first of all, we see if we're in a position to win. So we kind of look at our experience with similar companies. Um, so if you match home improvement, construction, entrepreneur, owner operated, that's kind of our wheelhouse, then there's professional services, whatever. But anyway, if you fit, um, then the next step really is to do a marketing action plan, which is like an auditing service takes three to four weeks. 
usually cost $2,500 to $3,500. Um, and we go in and see, you know, what it is that you've got going on right now, because a plan to make it better only starts with what you have. Um, and then from there, we define a budget and a goal to build that plan. And we present it to somebody it takes three to four weeks to do, but that's, you know, long story short, brass tacks. And Rob, I'd like to make it maybe a quick pivot to uh, going on to leadership and just your experience growing uh, this agency. Um, I mean, it, it, there's a difference between entrepreneur an entrepreneur and a leader to grow one. Um, what have been some of the most challenging things about as you grow, um, growing a company has challenged you most, I guess, in terms of a leadership perspective? Let me rephrase that because I know it's a bit little wordy. No, no, um, that's a cool one. I get it. Yeah. What's What's been the, the biggest challenge for you as you continue to grow from a leadership perspective? Um, the first one that really kicked me in the nuts and hurt was reading the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, the law of the mirror, everything that's happening around you is happening for two reasons. One, you model it or you accept it. And, uh, I was in an organization that happened to be mine, shaking my head on a daily basis, asking, why are people acting this way, behaving this way? Oh my God, I can't believe they're doing that. Not that anybody listening has ever experienced that. But once I realized that that was happening because I was either modeling it or accepting it, um, it was really just a good old look in the mirror, hence the law of the mirror, that this is all because of me. So I got to start leveling up myself in order to expect what I want to see from other people. That And that was, I say, the biggest challenge and kind of best thing that's ever happened to me from like a personal growth perspective. Like I could only expect of others what I was willing to model. Um, so that was, that was difficult to then like, you know, level up professionalism, level up my understanding of people, myself, you know, become way more self-aware, understand where I'm not good at things like being impatient, maybe overpassionate. I'm not sure how you want to say you know, unapproachable or frustrated at times. Um, so, you know, learning to deal with that, but I'd, I'd say really getting a hold uh, at a very conscious level of like how I was showing up emotionally to help other people show up and be their best was, or, you know, that's, I mean, that's ongoing. I'm still working on that every day. Right. And hiring the right people too, I think is something that leaders often struggle with. Even the best entrepreneurs struggle with and are continually refining and learning from, um, in your experience, what does it take to be successful at Intrigue Media? Here, as an employee, like to be a to be a team member here, uh, live the core values, right? So C flat. It's you know, you know, client. We exist to serve our clients, so always customer focused. Uh, fun life's too short not to smile, so can't take yourself too seriously to the grave. Uh, leadership, which is one of I think the most important. Do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Um, we, we can't, we have a culture where we can't follow up with each other. So if I have to follow up with you after you've said you've done something or you're going to do something, we have a problem. Um, if that continues to happen, we, that's all it's over. Um, learning practice, unquenchable thirst for applicable knowledge. As you know, the world's changing very fast. We have to keep up. We have a program that's in place to help people do that. So it's called leader building. It's a weekly program where people put into kind of groups and Slack and then share on Monday mornings, what they've been learning that they're going to applicably put into their life um action embrace failure you gotta you know i'd rather you uh make the wrong decision and learn from it than wait and hold off and ask for permission you know obviously given some some parameters but that's the idea move move forward quickly 
um, you know, have everyone's back. We don't have job descriptions that say that's not my job. So everyone's got everyone's back and trust, practice open honest communication. Um, if I don't know something's wrong, I can't fix it. And if you keep it to yourself, it's going to boil over. So encouraging people to act that way on a day-to-day -day basis makes a big freaking difference. And how, how do you use these values to communicate the vision or really um, get the most out of your employees? Do you have an incentive structure that's lined, aligned kind of with these, these values? Or how do you think about your leadership philosophy with how to grow uh, a productive workforce? Yeah. So, I mean, like uh, I talk about this quite a bit and the book's being written right now called Growth on Purpose. And it's like the idea about how to create an organization that's, you know, not dependent on you. Um, and so we talk about the idea of core values and culture and how they're usually like mistaken or they're usually kind of used in the same way, but they're actually quite different. We talk about the idea that culture exists no matter what, whether you like it or not, it's there. You know, is it cool to be late? Is it not? You know, culture exists. Um, but core values are something that um, when done properly from my perspective, show up as habits, traditions, and routines inside an organization. So I should be able to leave for a year or two and those habits, traditions, and routines will still be in place to enforce those core values. What are those things? As an example, we have awesome citations. They're little yellow pieces of paper that we give people for um, modeling a core value. Um, they were done on Slack more so during COVID and remote work and still a little bit, but they just say, hey, you know what, Ryan, you practiced action. You, you failed on that thing and you learned a lot from it. Good on you, buddy. Something specific. Uh, we have Gary the Purple Cow. Um, he goes, he's given away from team member to team member on Fridays. We have the C flat awards at the end of the year. It's a full 360. Everybody in the company rates everybody one to one to five or one to six. So there's no middle ground one to six and how well they live out a core value. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a big thing. And then, and then the ones, once we aggregate the results of those awards, you know, the folks at the bottom have conversations to step up or step out the folks at the top get more time from the organization. So leadership spends more time with the people that are living out the values every day. And, and I Rob, mean, there's a bunch more to it, but that's just a broad stroke. No, thank you for that. Um, and Rob, thinking about like the reason why you personally are growing this company, um, are you growing to grow uh, and, and achieve the, the largest company in the world or the most money in the world? Or are you, are you growing to serve a purpose? How do you think about growth? Yeah, well, I mean, our whole thing around impact. So, like, our 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 goal right now is to get to serving 500 entrepreneurs a year by 2030. We believe that entrepreneurs are the ones that, you know, they step in the ring. They're the ones that put their houses on the line. Um, they're the one that hire families. They're the ones that sponsor soccer teams in our community. They make communities and economies tick. And they're underserved, especially like five to ten million. So, like, there's that part of it as a business, but there's also this other thing from an organizational setting of like. You know, I worked in a lot of places, some with great brand recognition and great reputations, but from like a day-to-day -day organizational behavioral perspective, it was bad. You know, you got people that are like BCCing things in emails and people are scared to ask for whatever it is that they want, or, you know, there's people getting yelled at. And so like Paul DeMarco and I, co-founder, we made a decision a while ago that like, we're going to build an organization to help people become their best because we don't have enough leaders in the world. There's too many people standing on the sidelines saying someone, you know, they should do that. I don't know who that is, but last time I checked, it's us. So um, if we can build an organizational environment where people can foster themselves to grow and become their best, odds are they're going to start leading in their own right um, and probably having a positive impact on their community. And we could probably use a lot more of that.
I love that. And in that regard, Rob, let's bring this home. What is your definition of a real leader? I look at leaders in like kind of three stages. So like um, you got to be able to lead yourself, you know, and that doesn't matter. There's no role associated with leadership. Leadership for me is influence, nothing more, nothing less. I think John Z. Maxwell actually does a good job of defining it. You know, some people can debate whether or not it's good or not, but I think it's pretty solid. If I lead myself every day and people look at that and I've got my shit together, I'm following through. I'm not letting people down. I'm integral. I'm accomplishing the goals that I'm set out to accomplish for myself. I'm growing, putting myself in uncomfortable positions. I'm leading myself. That's first stage. You can't do that. You can't serve people. So I, I believe if you can do that as a leader, well, then you give yourself a platform to serve. And usually people want to follow folks like that. So it almost is giving you that platform to then lead. But I think lead is leadership is service. So what can I do to support others? How can I make your life easier? How can I make your life better? And then how do I like intertwine what I can see clearly in the future? And I do find that leaders that are like, you know, really strong are a bit like, whoa, like what are they up to? They have a tendency to see the future a bit more clear than other folks. So if I can lead myself, see the future clearly, serve other people, I can start to move towards that future. And if I can do that repeatedly, my goal would be to inspire others to do the same. So it's like lead yourself, serve others, inspire. I think that's, you know, if you're hitting those boxes uh, with a, with a, you know, a dash of uh, vision, um, I think that, that, that can create a really cool leader. Well said. Well, Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show today. For Rob Murray, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, lead yourself, serve and inspire others, and always keep it real. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, Real Leaders, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to realleaders.com today, you're going to get the first 30 days for free where you're going to be able to access all of our magazines courses and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.